out on the patio if you have any questions about that and I believe that together we can make a difference we can change the world and so uh, you'd be amazed at what just a simple act of kindness and I don't know anybody that can't pray and so uh, that should have been a louder amen but okay uh, just I'll let you wake up a little bit uh, but, um, but again, I really believe God wants to do some amazing things in and through us, and, uh, and it's everyday ministry, so we're looking forward to that. Well, when you came in this morning, you should have received your program, and uh, inside your program is a study guide. I'll ask you to locate that, because we're wrapping up our series today, which is called Together. And uh, I want to encourage you, don't miss next week. Uh, our trustee, Blanche Ganey, will be bringing the word next week, so you don't want to miss that. So she's going to be preaching. You don't want to miss it. Um, she is going to bring it, and we're excited to have her come up and share God's word. So make sure that you mark your calendars and make sure that you get here and invite a friend. I'm sure that she has a word from the Lord for our fellowship. So please make that effort to be here. Well, as we, talk, uh, as we talk today, we're wrapping up a series. And as we wrap this series up, it's been the series called Together. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, how to work together and be together. Last week, we had the benefit of, a, of something that was 25 years in the making where Glenn and I, Glenn Badonsky and I, had a chance to share our testimony of God's grace uh, over the last 25 years and how God has done it together. We, uh, so, so today, as we talk about that, we talk about together we can change the world. And I can't think of a better time to preach this message than the end of September. Um, because I don't know about y'all, but we've been busy. Amen? Amen? We've been out in the streets uh, a couple hundred at a time uh, with six nights, seven nights of revival and activity and then care fest and all these other opportunities so what we can see that we're changing the world but uh, sometimes I want to talk about the small changes though uh, you guys know how big superheroes are if there's a superhero movie you know it's already a hit right even Aquaman and Ant-Man have a movie come on you know what I mean so, I mean, you talk, about, you talk about the heroes of the day. I believe we're in the golden era of, of movies. you got Captain America, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Thor, you know, the Avengers, the Justice League, the Guardians of the Galaxy. we got all of these amazing superhero movies, and they all talk about superpower. And sometimes I think we all wish we had a superpower, right? I wish my superpower was to make that dumb driver, uh, I could shut his car off and just pull him over safely to the side, you know? Just be like, boop! Yep, 30-minute timeout, and you can't get out either, you know? Just sit in your car, you're in a timeout. That's my superpower. Superpower is dumb driver people, you know? But, uh, but I don't have that, so I'm, I'll just have to trust in the grace of God. Uh, but the truth is that, you know, most of the time people want a superpower not to pull people over, but they want a superpower to fight for good, Amen. right? To, to, to defeat evil, to restore justice, and to, to save the world. And all those things are great, but, but the truth is I don't think the world needs more superheroes. I think what the world needs is more Mr. Rogers. Y'all know who Mr. Rogers is? There's a great movie coming out soon. I'm excited to see uh, that Mr. Rogers movie because, you know, Mr. Rogers, he did things differently than superheroes. And some people wouldn't even consider him a superhero, but I think he's an amazing superhero. I believe he's one of those guys that we should look up to. And better than that, he's real. 
His skills and his talents and his abilities are real. So if you, if you, if you wanted to do like a showdown between Mr. Rogers and the superheroes, we got to see who would win, right? So if you're looking for, you know, that raw strength, rugged good looks, you'll probably give that to superheroes, right? You might give that to, so now not Mr. Rogers' wife would give it to him, thank you, Lord, right? <laughs> um, but, but when you think about that, that's one. Um, but the truth of the matter is superheroes are make-believe, but Mr. Rogers, he used make-believe to open up our imagination to make a difference in the real world, Amen. didn't he? He used that to see, imagine what it would look like. I remember uh, back, uh, there, was a, there was a show and there was a recent article about him, and one of the coolest things he did was just communicating um, how important it was to, to defeat racism. And there was a time when you couldn't even swim in the same pool, right? So what's he do? He brings a kiddie pool. He sits in there, and he has, his, uh, he has the officer come in who's a black officer, and they dip their feet in the water together, and they talk about how wonderful it is. And they talk about this beauty, right? It's amazing, right? On the other side, so, so you know, we got Mr. Rogers wins that one, right? You got the superheroes who are f full of pride and arrogance, but Mr. Rogers comes in, he's quiet, he's humble, right? He comes and he's soft-spoken and he approaches things in a, in a friendly way. He tells people that they're special and that they have something special inside them. And that's, that's the way he tried to communicate with all kids. He wanted all kids to know they were important. So point Mr. Rogers, right? Then you come back over to the superhero independence. Most superheroes need a sidekick. But Mr. Rogers didn't need a sidekick. He needed a couple million sidekicks. He always invited us on the journey, didn't he? He always let us be a part of what was happening. So, and he built his entire career out of helping people and using Christ-like character. Most people don't know that Mr. Rogers was an ordained minister as well. He used those Christ-like character right there in his communication. So I would say Mr. Rogers wins. What the world doesn't need is another superhero. The world needs more Mr. Rogers and Mrs. Rogers, you know? And I believe that the church, I believe that you and I, we, we, can, we can learn something very important from Mr. Rogers. The, the beautiful thing about Mr. Rogers is he always created a space where everyone was welcome. Everyone was welcome in his house. Everyone was welcome there. And simple acts changed the world. You know, so many times we talk about changing the world, we think about this gigantic thing that looks impossible. But the truth of the matter is you and I can change the world through the kind, simple acts. If you don't believe me, look at what we did yesterday. Simple acts of kindness, stuffing envelopes, pulling weeds, right? Whatever those simple acts were, were those acts of kindness that changed the world. They, they, they change it slowly but surely. I think about the school teacher who, who had that, that whole area that was just a mess. And she has one person. And, uh, and, and, and my wife went and said, hey... Um, we'd like to come help you. And she just began to cry. She said, I've been doing this by myself for so long. What are you guys going to do? And we redid every part of that, uh, of that courtyard for her. And, uh, and, and it was an amazing act of kindness. But it was just one simple act. She couldn't believe that somebody would actually knock on her door and ask, how can we help? How can we help? And then, and, and no strings attached, because you know, people usually think there's some kind of string, right? You know, oh, we just want to put a big banner in there, and then Pastor Mike's going to preach every week in the foyer, you know? No, none of that. We just went down there and did a nice, kind act, and then left and said goodbye, 
you know, and said, and then said, we'll be back, you know. So it's those simple things that make a difference. And I think that we can learn a lot about that. I think that we can learn through encouragement, kindness, showing grace. I love what the scripture says in Ephesians. It's on your notes. Look, these are simple things that we can all do. Look, be kind to each other. That's not, that's easy. It's simple. It's not difficult. It's not like leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's be kind, you know? It's, it's tender hearted. Forgive one another. These are things we can do. These aren't, we're not bulletproof. We can't breathe underwater, but we can, we can forgive one another, right? It says, just, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Look at this. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I didn't see anything insurmountable in that. Did you? I didn't see anything in there that seemed impossible. All those things seem very doable if we do them. And so, so my, my hope is that you and I today will see that, that God has a plan for our lives and that it's in the small things, not always in the big things, and we don't have to make these things bigger than they are. Being kind doesn't take much. But we've forgotten sometimes, haven't we? Even, even kindness in our own homes. To be kind in our own homes to our children, to our family members. So, so I want you to see something here today. I want you to see that big dreams get fulfilled through small acts. That's what I want you to see. Imitate God, therefore, in everything. Everybody say everything. everything. You do because you're His dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. You see, big dreams get fulfilled through small acts. God has a dream that all people hear His love. That everybody hear His message. That's a big dream. But it only happens in small acts. And that's why why we went to the revival. You know, there was a young man who was ready to kill himself. And he shows up on Wednesday to that revival. And here's the funny thing. His aunt had actually called into our offices on Monday or Tuesday, unbeknownst to him. He saw our stuff through Facebook. He hit, he hit us up on Facebook and said, what's the address to the, to, the, to the revival? Then he shows up, walks that aisle that night, gives us heart to Christ, and then shows up Sunday to be baptized at, uh, at Mount Zion. A small act. A small act. God does these things. And, 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 and so if it was for that one, guys, then it was worth it, right? If it was for that one, even though we know there were 14 at our location and many more, but if it was just for that one, wasn't it worth it? It's the effort, the same thing. That's why we, we want us to get outside of our comfort zone. These small acts can make a huge difference in somebody's life. You see, Mr. Rogers, he understood that. He understood what it meant to be kind and tender-hearted, to forgive. He didn't get hung up in the big things. He, he did the small things, and he taught us small things. He taught us how, how it is to be kind, and it takes effort. And he multiplied that effort to many, and he consistently built a powerful force of people, which is what I believe that we've been able to do here at City on a Hill Church. 
That's why 170 of you went out during those seven nights of revival. That's why 210 of you went out yesterday into the streets of our community, an army. People think we are thousands in number, but we are not. We are 300, 350 on a good Sunday, but we just believe, and we go out, and we believe that we can do it together. You see, if you think about it, people who did change history, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Walt Disney, think about all these people who changed history as you go through that list in your mind. Here's the thing. They started small, and they didn't do it alone. And guys, we can't do this alone. We need our families. We need our friends. We need our church. We need our community. We need our city. We can't do this alone. Most importantly, we can't do it without Jesus. Without Jesus, listen, there will be no social reform without spiritual renewal. Until Jesus changes our hearts, nothing's happening to anybody because we're a selfish people. And, and if it makes you mad, you've got to look at yourself and ask, why in the world are you mad that I said we're selfish people? Because I said we, not you. Right? So I want you to see today, number two, we cannot do it alone. We can work as individuals, but not in isolation. We can't do this alone. Be kind to each other. It's kind of hard to be kind to each other if there's no each other. Right? Think about it. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. It's kind of hard to forgive one another if there's no one another's. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We need the one another's. Here's the problem. One another's are messy. People are messy. You're messy. I'm messy. We're messy. And we need each other. Church is messy. Small groups are messy. Bible studies are messy. You name it, it's messy because it's human beings. But the truth of the matter is we, we can work as individuals but not in isolation. And, and Mr. Rogers understood that. So he always invited us. I, I got to see one of the clips from the movie and I thought it was one of the most amazing clips. Here, here's Mr. Rogers on this subway with all these rough looking, rough looking young people. And then they go, it's Mr. Rogers. Hey, Mr. Rogers. You know, they go from like, you know, looking all hardcore. To, it's Mr. Rogers. And, then, and he's just like, hi, guys. You know. <laughs> Just me, you know, and, and but it was just so you can see, man, that that Mr. Rogers, he, he communicates something. Everybody loves him because of he wasn't hung up on any of those. And he didn't worry about the giant mission. He worried about the small mission, changing one. And as he changed one, he changed one, he changed one, he changed one. There's most powerful change is slow and steady. When I studied martial arts, I studied Chanda Kwan Taekwondo. We were known as the school of the blue wave. And it, it literally meant a wave crashing on a rock. And most people think the rock wins, but the rock doesn't win. It's the water that wins because it's just consistently hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And, and eventually the rock wins. And that's what we have to do. Eventually Jesus wins. We just keep going and going and serving and loving. And, and as we do that, more people go, man, they're, got, they're not going to stop. They're just going to keep doing it. And it's important for you and I to learn. We have to be kind. We have to be forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and loving and loving and loving and serving and serving and going and doing. And I believe the reason the church stays alive is because we do that. If you want your church to die a quick death, lock the doors and don't let anybody out. 
Tell everybody you're supposed to be comfortable. Come to be entertained. I love my church because it entertains me. Right? I pay my price of admission. I come in and they say, well, what do you do there? Well, not really anything. We just sit there. But they got great music. The preacher, he's funny. It's not what God has intended. We have to keep doing. And it's not easy. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired. But I ain't that tired. I ain't that tired. Brother Glenn, when he was here, he kept playing this video. Uh, he kept playing this song, and I think he was trying to put it in my head. Uh, he, it, it's a song called, I'm Not Tired Yet. It's like, I'm not tired yet. Been working for the Lord. I'm not. And I, he didn't know I was singing, I am tired, yes. I am tired, yes. You know? <laughs> he gave me the, come on, man. You know? <laughs> he thought I was singing along. And then he realized what I was singing. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, is that it requires that consistency. It requires us to go and serve and love. And, and i got to tell you, that's how you keep your, your faith alive. If you don't exercise your faith, it's not going to grow. It's not going to be strengthened. We have to exercise our faith. And so I want you to dream big, but I want you to remember it's the small acts that accomplish big dreams you got to look for authentic people who want to go on the journey with you. Paul writes to the church and he tells them they can impact the world. But he doesn't tell them, he doesn't tell them that they're going to do it in arenas. You know what he tells them? He says, you're going to do it in your households. Parents, you're going to do it with your children. He says, families, you're going to make a difference. He says, you're going to change the world one person at a time. He describes what it looks like to have a healthy marriage. He describes what it looks like to treat your children with love and kindness and respect. He, he describes what it looks like to work next to people and with people. He, he doesn't talk about going to all of the major coliseums. He talks about the coliseum of life. Where it matters most. That's where world-changing actions take place. Paul says, live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. I challenged our men on Wednesday night in our Bible study. I challenged them. I said, guys, you can't expect the church to teach your children about Jesus. If you're not teaching your children about Jesus, church ain't going to do it. I told them if they need to see you praying, they need to see you serving, they need to see you as a part of the fellowship and God being the center of your life. Your life needs, it needs to not be just sitting on a hill church where it's all about Jesus, always been about Jesus, always going to be about Jesus. Your life has to be about Jesus because it always has been and always will be. And when they see that, they'll see that in the small acts. See, these are the things that where we change the world. So we live a life that follows Christ's example. And then our families see it. Our wives see it. Husbands, the way you speak to your wives. Be careful. Wives, the way you speak to your husbands. Be mindful. You're supposed to be the representation of Christ. Dave looked at me. I wasn't yelling at you, Dave. 
<laughs> I was talking about wives at that time, man. You're good right now, Dave. Right now, you're good. We talked about this, Dave. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yeah. But the truth of the matter is, guys, it matters. You want your wife, your husband, your children to, 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 to have faith? Well, they have to see your faith. Amen. It's the small things that make big things happen. And Paul's trying to challenge us, and he says it's a, a pleasing aroma to God when we do these things. And we can do it as individuals. We can't do it isolated. We need each other. The third thing I want you to see is true togetherness means a shared purpose. True togetherness means a shared purpose. Being united in purpose, keeping us working together and moving forward and not getting caught up in disagreements. People talk, uh, people talk to me and they say, so what you're telling me is you meet on the same cap cap ca uh, campus as a Catholic Byzantine church. And I say, yeah. Yes. Right. And we're a big family. What's wrong with that? Amen. We're the family of God. Amen. Right? Amen. They say, oh, well, well you all don't see things the same way. They love Jesus. I love Jesus. Amen. They believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. But you don't baptize. It don't matter. We baptized last week, and they had no problem with it. Amen. They celebrated with us. Amen. You see, this is the issue. We get hung up in these tiny little things. And we want to fight with each other over silliness. There's no unity in that. There's no love in that. Amen. Then you got those judgy eyes. You know, oh, okay then. <laughs> right? I say, you should try loving a few more people. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome when you love people, you know? But Paul warns the, the church in Ephesus they have to be prepared to fight for community. Listen, we got to fight for community. Listen, I know I wasn't even going to say anything because we're all tired, but you know that our, our uh, fall festival, our Halloween is coming up. It's an, it's an opportunity for us to reach in our community and offer a safe environment, right? I, wasn't, I didn't even put anything in the program. I said, Marion, don't tell them till next week, <laughs> right? Because we're all tired, right? But the truth of the matter is, is there'll be people that say, Pastor Mike's celebrating Halloween, kind of evil man is he come on man it's all about jesus always been about jesus always, i don't know if you've ever met anybody who talks about jesus more than me and i'm not trying to be braggadocious i'm just saying y'all know when that when i die that's what they're putting on my gravestone you know what i'm saying he's with jesus leave him alone you know he worked now he's done and on the back and yes he did halloween outreaches and he's still in heaven. Hope to see you there. Hope. But anyway. But anyway. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got time for no disagreement on that. I got a shared purpose. Here's what I know. Is there is a community of people that need Jesus. And they're looking for an opportunity. And we're going to be out here. And we're going to have a festival on this campus inviting people. And we will be a city on a hill on that night. We will, it will be a celebration of fall. And, and there ain't going to be no devils. Amen. The only devil that's going to be is under our feet. Yes, right? 
There ain't going to be no demons because we cast demons out. They don't like to come around here. Ain't going to be none of that. But what it's going to be is Jesus is going to be lifted up and people are going to see that we love them enough to offer an alternative for them to come and celebrate. And I got to tell you, it doesn't work for everybody. Even some of my own contemporaries, some of my own friends, we disagree with this, but I don't really care because they don't lead the church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And if anybody has any question about uh, if I want to see demonic influence, <laughs> I can't even say it out loud. I'm done. So anyway, we're doing it, and we're all doing it. So <laughs> even though you're tired, pray about it. Don't even pray. You're doing it, okay? <laughs> well, I messed that whole thing up, so here we go. <laughs> I need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I thank Jesus and you. So, but look at what it says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You know the schemes of the devil are to separate us. The schemes of the devil are to, to, to totally destroy our effectiveness. The schemes of the devil would be to, to totally get in with those little foxes and mess with us. You don't think that that, that matters. That matters more than, than we know. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against uh, uh, rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And here's what I know. we got to be out there on the front lines. We have to go together, but we have to put on the full armor of God. we got to do this together, guys. You saw that. we got to do it together. Together. Small little things. You have to really ask yourself when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you or if the devil's speaking to you or if yourself is speaking to you. Think about it. It's the little things that say, well, he doesn't have your best interests at heart. She doesn't like you. It's the little things that get in the way, isn't it? And then before you know it, you're feeling some way about somebody and you got no reason to feel that way about them. Trust me, I know in, in, in my business, I go from hero to zero in two letters, N-O. N-O and I am the devil with blue eyes. I'm telling you right now. Blonde hair, blue eyed devil that has, a, has his lair over there. Two letters, I'm telling you. And then, and then you flip them and it's on. See? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, guys, is that we have to look and say, nope, that's, that's not her. That's not him. That's Nope, nope. And we ain't letting that find a foothold. We have a shared purpose to make sure that we are a city within a city, reaching our city with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ one life at a time. That's what we do. We make sure it's all about Jesus because it always has been and it always will be. And we do everything we can to fight this spiritual battle. Paul challenges us to put on the armor of God. He highlights the, that prayer is a tool. Prayer is a weapon. And, and he lets us know that we're to pray on all occasions with every kind of prayer. With this in mind, be alert and always praying for the Lord's people. That's verse 18 of that same chapter. We're supposed to bring our requests that are there before God. And we're supposed to, to pray and seek God's face. I told you we wouldn't change the city if we didn't pray. And we did. And God changed the city. 
I told you CareFest wouldn't happen as well as it did if it wasn't for prayer, and look what God did. Amazing opportunities. There was a, a story that just happened yesterday. I was on the phone. Uh, I get a call. You know, we had 210 people, 16 projects, and I get a call from one of the people from the city. And Chris, Chris, uh, Chris thought it was the mayor. but It wasn't the mayor. It was Robert. He's like, it's the mayor. I was like, he don't have my number. You know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, how do you get Chris's number? You know what I'm saying? Chris is rolling with the mayor. I didn't know it. So, so I get it. It's a, it's a guy named Robert from the city, and he says, listen, there was a lady. She was supposed to get her house painted, and uh, nobody showed up. Is there anything you guys can do? And I'm like, man, we've got 16 projects. We've got all this stuff going on. At the same time, my phone rang, and I was like, hold on, bro. i, I got to get this because i got people everywhere. So I opened it, and it was Bobby Atkinson on the other line. He goes, hey, pastor, we're done early. Is there any place we can go? So... I had Robert on this one and Bobby on this one, and I'm like, what? And he's like, what's the address? I'm like, what's the address? And I'm repeating it back and forth. But God provides. And here's the cool thing. Then our team showed up, and even more people showed up, so much so that by the time we got there, people were already stepping in. So God had already provided. But it was those moments right there where we had a shared purpose. There's a lady who didn't think she mattered now because her house wasn't getting painted because nobody showed. Well, guess what? Then she had so many people show that we had to leave because there was too many of us and not enough brushes. That's how God works. And we celebrated that shared purpose. So it's important for us to know. And finally, this is the last thing I want us to keep in mind. We can change the world when we stay connected. We have to stay together. You know the old song, let's stay together, right? You know everybody's thinking it now, right? Let's stay together. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. These people on Facebook are going, this guy really believes he can sing, right? I don't, but I like to sing, so boom, all right? <laughs> and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon you all who love the Lord Jesus. Paul just says, man, we got to stay together. you got to stay connected. If we're going to change the world... We're going to stay connected. I, I enjoyed watching yesterday as so many people were posting pictures from the Care Fest before and the Care Fest before. And some of us have been there for every Care Fest. And you have, you know, and we look and we see all of these opportunities that we have and we're building relationships. Hebrews tells us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For, we, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. You know, some people say, I don't need church. And I can't think how, what a selfish, selfish thing to say. And they say, how, how can you say that? Well, because what if we need you? Did you ever think we need you? How come it's all about you? Right? You say, well, I don't need church. Well, we need you. We need your story. We need your testimony. We need your life. It, we need you to be with us because we're missing something when you're not here. So it's not about what you need. What about what we need? What about what we have together? Together. Together. That's what counts. 
You see, that's, that's the important part of life is us getting together and staying together. Physically gathering together to worship and study the Bible. Loneliness, loneliness only creeps in when we isolate and insulate ourselves. Getting together means uh, physically joining together, connecting with Jesus, building that relationship. That's what this whole theme has been. I'm not, call, I'm not talking about counterfeit uh, social media friendships. I'm talking about real honest friendships where you get together and you can tell people what's really going on in your life and really get somebody to pray for you, really get somebody to love you. Connection matters, but the first connection that matters more than anything is your connection to God. Amen. If you're not connected to God, you're not going to care about a whole lot of people. The Bible says if you love God, you're going to love people. And when you love God and love people, everything in the law and the prophets comes together. But you and I, we got to come together with Jesus and then come together with his people regularly. And that's what we do. We deepen relationships. And what I love, it says, peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may, the God, may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon you. All who love the Lord. And guys, that's, that's all I want for City on a Hill. That's all I want. All I want for us is to love one another. But, but I'm not happy with us just loving who loves us. Amen. we got to love our city, yeah. our community. Yeah. Why are we going to do this outreach? We're going to do this outreach because there's a community surrounding us that needs a connection. And I told you, we used to be a church that met in a community center. Now we're a church that wants to be the center of the community. I want people to think when they're going around, well, what are they doing over there? Before I make any plans, what's going on on the corner? And that's why we put the signs out early. So people can say, well, before we make plans, let's see what we can do. And then before you know it, we have this wonderful fellowship of people who are coming and building relationships, and they realize we're just regular folks. We just love Jesus, and we want to give them that same opportunity. It's amazing what happens with a kind word. A simple kind word can change the world. There's a, there's a, uh, there was a lady... I'm not going to say her name because she's been to our church a couple times now, praise God. And she was standing, she was standing over here on the corner, and I was putting up the new signs. And she lives right across the way. And, uh, and, and we just started a conversation. She goes, what do, what do you guys got going on? And I was telling her about the Together series. And I was telling her, you should, you should come over sometime. She's like, well, I can walk. I was like, yeah. So she, she ends up coming, and she, comes to, she even comes to the evangelism seminar, seminar and then goes out in the community with us on that Saturday. It's just simple acts of kindness. Just a simple word to invite somebody to, to come. Turns out she needed friends. Turns out we needed friends. Isn't that something? And, and God wants to do that in our hearts and lives. But here's the friend I know you need before anybody. You need Jesus. You see, because he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Then he adopts you into his very own family. God the Father adopts you into his very own family because of what Jesus did. And he gives you a forever family and forever friendships. Will you bow your heads at me today? Father, we love you. Thank you for this day and the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you for your grace. We just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just be with us, that you'll encourage us and strengthen us. And I pray, God, that you'll help us stay together. Help us to be focused on the things that matter. Help us to recognize small acts. Help us to be kind. Help us to forgive. Help us to love and help us to serve one another. 
God, I pray for each person here today, and maybe even those people who are here that, that aren't connected to you, Jesus, but they want to be connected. And the simple truth is you put it in your, in your gospel, the gospel of John. You said anyone who believes in Jesus and anyone who receives Jesus, you give them the right to be called children of God. It's that simple. Belief, receive, and be adopted. And I pray today, Lord, that people will take that opportunity to be connected with you. And then you'll connect them with the church family. If it's our church family, we would be honored to have them. But if you have another plan for them, that's okay too. However you choose it, God, we just want them to be a part of our overall family. Your family, which is a billion strong worldwide. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I'm ready to join the family. I'm ready to get together with God, and I'm ready to get together with God's family. This is what I want more than anything in my life. I need it more than my next heartbeat. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today? Anybody in the house? Yes, thank you. I see that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys may place your hands down, everyone within the sound of my voice. We're just going to pray this prayer from our heart to God. We just simply say, Jesus, thank you for adopting me into your very own family. I give you everything I am and everything I'm not. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. Holy Spirit, come and live in me and work through me. I know that you have to do something in me before you can do something through me, so I open my heart to you. And I promise that if I'm, when I mess up, not if, but when I mess up, that I'm going to run right back to you every time. And I know that I'm going to receive forgiveness. And I'm going to forgive myself. And I'm going to forgive others. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. And the church said, amen. amen. And can you give the Lord a hand clap today because he's a good God? If you said that 